called the Old Testament, and Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and now we're in the Gospel of John, Wednesday night in our uh, individual smaller studies, we will be looking at the Gospel of John, and in so doing, we come to a book that is probably one of the books that we are very most familiar with. Um, Probably the most familiar verse in the Bible, John 3.16. We know comes right here. And the story of Nicodemus comes from the Gospel of John. And it is often one of the first books that you encourage someone to read if they're um, seeking the Lord or a new Christian, a study of the Gospel of John. It gives a a well-balanced approach. And the Gospel of John is the story of Jesus, God in the flesh, and it's brought out through this that it is God in the flesh, who came down to save the world, and written by John. And John doesn't make references to himself much, but in it he said, referred to himself as the disciple whom Jesus loved. Um, John had a very close relationship with Jesus, and God led him to give his account, his perspective, John is the fourth of the Gospels, the Gospels being the accounts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, of Jesus' life and ministry. And he focuses on the fact that Jesus Christ is God, more so than any of the other three. And we see Jesus as the Word of God, the Son of God, as God himself We see him as a great miracle worker, as an all-knowing teacher, and compassionate provider, and a faithful friend. Now, John may be the fourth of the Gospels, but he really begins his narrative earlier than any of the others. Mark just jumps into Christ's adult life. Matthew... And Luke deal with his genealogy, his physical birth. But John opens in chapter 1 by going clear back to the very beginning. In the beginning, chapter 1, I'll begin reading verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man came for a witness to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was the true light, which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, 
and his own did not receive him. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, to those who believe in his name, who were born not of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me is preferred before me, for he was before me. And of his fullness we all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has declared him. Now this is the testimony of John. When the Jews sent priests and Levites from Jerusalem to ask him, Who are you? He confessed and did not deny, but confessed, I am not the Christ. And they asked him, What then? Are you Elijah? And he said, I am not. Are you the prophet? And he answered, No. Then he said to him, Who are you that we may give an answer to those who sent him? What do you say about yourself? And he said, I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. Let's bow in prayer. Lord, We do ask that you would open the eyes of our understanding so that we would know your will. And then, Lord, that we would submit to you to be strengthened to do your will as you give us time. So, Lord, we depend on you now and we ask for your mercies in Jesus' name. Amen. As we mentioned, the book of John really... One of the main messages is to convey that Jesus Christ is not just a man, that Jesus Christ is God in the flesh. And he bears that out through through this book. And through the book, as you study it, you'll see many I am statements. And we'll just list several of them. He says, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. He also says, I am from God, the Father has sent me. I am the light of the world. And and all of these, that he's identifying who he is, he's everyone that he he exposes to the people gives another insight into who is this guy. So he says, I am the light of the world. He says, I am that I am. Again, quoting the Old Testament, when God responded and said, just tell them, I am sent you. Now Jesus is saying, I am. So the two together. In John chapter 10, Jesus says, I am the door. No man can come to the Father except through me. In John 10, he also says, I am the good shepherd. And all of these things reveal some of the nature of God. Some of the um, attributes of God are brought out in this. 
In John 10, he also says, I am the Son of God. In John 11, I am the resurrection and the life. Even before he rose from the dead, he identified his life and purpose. John 14, another very familiar verse. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by me. And in John 15, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you abide in me, you will bring forth fruit. So those are just some of the revelations that Jesus made about himself throughout um, the Gospel of John that John recorded. But I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 20. In John chapter 1, we read the beginning. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The Word that he, he is referring there to is Jesus Christ, identifying His deity, identifying His eternal being. And John said in John chapter 1 that I am, I am writing these things unto you to be a witness that you might believe. Notice in John chapter 20, <clears throat> the account is after the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He has appeared to his disciples and they've seen him, but Thomas was not with them when he appeared to them. And they came to Thomas and said, we've seen him and, and uh, he is alive. And Thomas said, I'm not going to believe it until I put my finger in the marks in his hand. And, and you know, we often, we often give Thomas a hard time. We identify him as what? Doubting Thomas. I picture in my mind... Um, us getting to heaven and Thomas saying, yeah, I heard what you called me, doubting Thomas. And then him exposing all the times we doubted God. I mean, honestly, you can see why he would doubt. Number one, Christ said that there would be many faults Christ would appear. And all that they'd been through in the last week Thomas is saying, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna believe it until I see it. And Jesus appeared to him and he said, Blessed are you, Thomas, that you believe now seeing, but blessed are those who believe not seeing. And so that's where we pick up reading verse 30 of John 20. And John is writing, and he says, And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you might have life in his name. So right here in verse 31 is the key verse of the Gospel of John. And he says, these things are written, written, all that he said. These things are written about Jesus Christ, the Son of God, that you may believe and have life in his name. 
As you study through the Gospel of John, you will see the importance of and the reiteration of it, believe, believe, believe. The word believe is found more in the Gospel of John than in Matthew, Mark, Luke, all combined. Over 60 times you will read believe or variations of the word believe in the Gospel of John. Matthew, it's eight times, the book of Mark, 14 times, nine times in Luke. But over and over, you can't, if you just kind of put your glasses on and notice believe, you'll be seeing it every time you turn around. Believe, believe, believe. So, and he said, I came to bear witness that you might believe. We read in in John chapter 1 and verse 7. And in John chapter 1 and verse 12, he said the same thing. So we ask ourselves, okay, this word believe um, needs, it must be very important. And uh, it's descriptive of what our response is to be to Jesus Christ. So we ask, what does it mean to believe? First of all, believing is not just a mental agreement. It's not just mentally agreeing. Okay, yeah, I believe Jesus came. I believe he lived a life. I believe he was crucified. I believed he rose again. There are many people that may agree with that as a matter of history. Yes, I believe that. Now, there are some that do not believe that. But believing is not just mentally acknowledging that Jesus lived and did the various things. James chapter 2 and verse 19, it tells us that the demons, the devils, believe and tremble. Do you understand? The demons know who Jesus Christ is. They don't deny who Jesus Christ is. They believe He is the Son of God. They acknowledge by their response that you read throughout Scripture that He is all-powerful, that He is greater than Satan. They believe all those things. Does that mean they have everlasting life? Absolutely not. They give a mental agreement. And many times people think, well, I agree with that, so I guess I believe. Believing is not just giving a mental assent that, yeah, I I agree that that happened. Believing begins, and a key word there is begins with receiving. We read in John chapter 1 and verse 12 that he said, But as many as received him... To them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Believing is that which a man does. It begins when it comes to the point where we realize, okay, I understand this mentally, that Jesus Christ 
was sent into the world to pay the penalty for sin. Nothing else could take away sin. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. He was sent to pay the penalty for my sin. He was crucified. He rose victorious over death and sin. And he offers to all mankind forgiveness through Jesus Christ. Now, I can say, yeah, I believe that happened. But there must come a time where I personalize it and I personally receive his payment for my sin. That I personally say, no, it wasn't God so loved the world, it's God loved me and it was my sin. And my sin had separated me from God and there, I need forgiveness and God, I call upon you to forgive my sins and save my soul. That's what he means when it is receiving. It's personalizing the work of Jesus for my sin and for my forgiveness. It is, it is the very beginning. This is a work of the Holy Spirit in our life to awaken us to the fact that I am a sinner. I am, John 3 says, I am condemned already. My sin has already condemned me. I, I have guilty, convicted, condemned, stamped upon me. But Jesus came into the world that whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And it mu- there must be a time that we personalize it and say, God, I want your forgiveness for my sin through Jesus Christ alone. No parent can do this for you. No one else can do it for you. You must personally call upon Jesus Christ. But we oftentimes think believing is involved with just that. Because he that believeth hath everlasting life. Jesus Christ gives everlasting life. If I call upon Jesus Christ, I will have everlasting life. But believing, as you, as you study through the Gospel of John, you will see that real belief in Jesus Christ affects our entire lifestyle. It's not just making a transaction. Okay, I'll trade my sin for your forgiveness. Done. I believe. Now I can go on and live my life the way I want. No. Believing as he refers to it in the Gospel of John, is viewed as a continuous lifestyle. It's believing is comprehending his message, trusting it, and then acting accordingly. It is is a commitment. I am trusting Jesus Christ, not just for the forgiveness of sins, I trust him. He is God. He loves me. He designed me. He knows what's best for me. And so I trust him. I believe him. I believe he is the light. 
And so I'm in the midst of this dark world. I believe he will lead me. He will give direction. So I depend on him. It is a continual belief that is manifested in our obedience. Matthew chapter 7. Turn with me, if you would, Matthew chapter 7. Throughout Scripture, over and over again, it is reiterated that belief in Jesus Christ is more than just a mental agreement. It is more than just praying a prayer. I am not saying, don't walk out of here and say that that we're saying it is up to our works. If we truly believe... It will be manifested in our obedience. It is not just, I pray a prayer, okay, I've got my insurance ticket to heaven, so I'm good to go. No, you don't believe God. You don't believe in Jesus Christ, because if you believe in Jesus Christ, you will be obedient to him. You'll say, you are, the, you are my master, you are my God, you are my Lord, you are my light. You are the door. You are the great shepherd. You are life. And I believe that. So all of those things, why wouldn't I obey you? Notice in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21, Jesus Christ is speaking. And he said, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Then he goes into a familiar story, an account that he gives. Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain descended, the floods came, the winds blew and beat upon that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, beat upon that house, and it fell, and great was the fall of it. Now, he begins this by saying, there are many people that think they have everlasting life, that they're going to find out someday that they don't. That God will say to them, depart from me, I never knew you. It's not that they were a Christian and lost their salvation. He says, I never knew you. And then he goes into this account of the wise man and the foolish man. The only difference between the wise man and the foolish man was the wise man heard the word of the Lord and obeyed it. The foolish man heard the word of the Lord and didn't obey it. We often think the wise man heard the word of the Lord, so he's wise. And the foolish man said, I don't want anything to do with it. No, the foolish man heard the word of the Lord too. 
but he didn't do it. He didn't believe. Because if he believed, this is God. God never makes a mistake. God is right. God's ways are higher than mine and better than mine. So I will, I believe him. So I will obey him. The difference between the wise man and the foolish man was obedience. And real belief will affect our entire life. You're familiar with the parable of the seed and the sower. Some seed fell on the wayside and the fowls of the air came and gobbled it up. They didn't even have a chance to believe. Some fell on stony ground, and on stony ground it sprang up real quickly. It sprang up, but then it said it died because of the trials and persecution. And then it says there are those that it fell on thorny ground, and and it sprang up. But it never produced any fruit because it says the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choked it out. And it never produced any fruit. And then lastly, it fell on good ground. And it grew and it produced fruit and some 30% increase in some 60 and some 100%. So we said genuine belief affects your lifestyle. Needless to say, the one on the wayside didn't believe. The one on the stony ground, it says it sprang up, but there was no life, no root system, no life in it. And, and it faded away. They may have prayed a prayer, but they really didn't believe, and it faded away. The one on the, the thorny ground, the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, they sprang up for a while, and then it was choked out, it says. It didn't produce any fruit. Belief will affect how you live. It didn't change their life. They still live this world. And Jesus isn't helping me in this world, their conclusion is. All these cares of the world choke out the Word of God and no fruit. A person that truly believes God, if you truly believe, not just Jesus died for my sins, But God is my shepherd. And he is the good shepherd. I want to follow him. Do we follow the shepherd and we get off nibbling and and fall into crevices and, and do the wrong thing? Absolutely. But our heart's desire is to get back up and follow the shepherd because, you know what? I believe him. I believe he is the good shepherd. I believe he is light. I believe he is the only way to life. He is the way, the truth. If, if I want to live, really live, I believe 
Jesus Christ. If I want, if I want to have a, a, a life that will bring glory to God and matter in eternity, I'm, I believe God knows what's best for me to do that. And so, I believe God and it will affect how I live. It will affect how I view my marriage. It will affect how I view my neighbors. It will affect how I view the world that we live in. It will affect my attitude toward everything. Because I believe God is in control. So, difficult things come into our life. But a believer says, you know what? I believe God is still in control. And I believe that God will give me grace. And I'm going to continue with the Lord. In John 2, you'll read an interesting verse. Jesus did many miracles, and some believed, but Jesus did not commit himself to them because he knew what was in their heart. They gave a mental assent to it, but they really didn't believe that Christ is all I need. And that is an interesting verse. They believed, but Jesus did not commit himself to them. They saw the miracles and said, wow, I want that. It was, they were in it for themselves. It wasn't submitting to God. Real belief will affect how we live. Read read first John. We don't have time to go into it, but over and over again it says, If you believe, this is what you will do. You will love the brethren. If you believe, you won't have a heart that keeps going after sin, habitually going after sin, and over and over and over. If you believe, you'll have a desire for the Word of God. If you believe, you'll be convicted by the Spirit. It isn't just, yeah, I believe I prayed a prayer. It will be manifested that we've given God control of our life and it will affect our entire life. Number four, believing Jesus Christ blesses this life and gives us eternal life. You talk about a win-win. Believing in Jesus Christ and believing that that. He is the light, that He is the bread of life. Believing that and acting upon it will will bless us in this life. I'm not saying it will free you up of of, um, trials and testings, but it it will give you the grace to respond to it. It will give you the power. It will help you walk in victory in this life. But beyond that, it gives us eternal life. And we were reminded last weekend at family camp about the blessing of heaven, what lies ahead for believers. He that, John said in, or Jesus said in John 11, He that believeth in me, though he die, yet shall he have everlasting life. We saw in Sunday school this morning, death is a very reality, very much a reality of life. It's all around us. It's in us. 
But if we believe in Jesus Christ, we'll ultimately conquer death and dwell with him for all eternity. Now, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, did I just pray a prayer? Is the fact that I say I'm a believer in Jesus Christ evident in my way of life? I'm not, I'm not saying, why, why, sure it's evident. I'm here in church today. No, it really matters what you're like on Monday. It matters what you're like on Sunday afternoon and Wednesday and Saturday and all throughout the week. If you really believe Jesus, and he said, you plant to the flesh, You will of the flesh reap corruption. Wait, I believe you, Jesus. I don't want to do that. And he says, but if you plant to the Spirit, you will of the Spirit reap life everlasting. Our desire then will be, I want to plant to the Spirit because I believe what Jesus said. I believe, and, and we don't have time to go into it. But I fear in Christian circles, we've given the impression if I just pray a prayer, I'm a believer, and I can go live any way I want. He said many will be in that day that think they are a believer, and he'll say, depart from me. And they built their house on the sand because they heard it. I fear many times we think if someone's in church, that's good. No, it doesn't matter what happens in church. It matters when you leave. It doesn't matter if I read the Word, if I never obey the Word. That's what matters. And the wise man believed, oh, this is what God said? I, I believe it. That's a true believer. And then we have the presence of God bearing witness with our spirit. And then we have a glorious, glorious future. And that's why John said, the reason I wrote this unto you, there are many things. In fact, the volumes of the world could not contain all the things Jesus did. But he said, I wrote this unto you that you might believe in Jesus Christ and have everlasting life. Heavenly Father, I pray that your Spirit would minister in each of our lives. And God, if there are individuals here today that even now they know that they are not a genuine believer in you, I pray today would be the day that they cry out to you for mercy and forgiveness through the blood of Jesus Christ. Lord, I pray for believers here that that are genuinely your children but need to do some, some weeding in the heart of their soil. Lord, I pray that we would leave here today truly believing your word, believing what you say about 
our thoughts and our words and our attitudes and actions. And Lord, that as believers, it would affect our lives in every area. Lord, I can't think of anything more shocking and revolting at the same time than to have someone think they're a child of yours and someday hear, depart from me, I never knew you. So, Lord, may your spirit minister in hearts today that believing we would have life in your name. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's